This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Angrez apna lagan aur news laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte. My name is Abhinandan Sekri and you're listening to News Laundry Hafta. Do subscribe to News Laundry pay to keep news free because when the public pays the public is served and when advertisers pay advertisers are served. Let me introduce the panel to you today before I get into the menu of news and current affairs that we will try and discuss in the hafta today and pack in as much as we can. We have with us our managing editor Raman Kripal. Hello Hi. sir. Our in house awarding journalist i know i shouldn't be saying that anymore okay from next time i won't manisha pande hi and editor in chief madhu trehan hi madhu hi also most recently you may have seen the hashtag me to movement we'll be discussing that because that has been all over the media but other than that lots happened in the country there was a rape backlash in gujarat where fearing mob attacks migrants from up madhya pradesh and bihar actually started leaving gujarat because they feared that they'd be attacked because there was a rape of a young child there this is similar to what happened in bangalore with all these students and youngsters from northeast leaving because of whatsapp rumors then the me too campaign has hotted up there have been several voices speaking up about harassment at the hands of former news professional and now minister for state mr mg akbar alok nath is at the center of much controversy and allegations from two separate women one of an extremely brutal nature then in all this in the us also the brett kavanaugh hearing was over the fbi report was submitted and he has been sworn in as a supreme court justice for life Meanwhile Facebook is setting up a task force in India to combat fake news ahead of the 2019 Lok Sabha election. Let's see how far that goes. And three news related points which I find very disturbing. One is that the Bombay High Court issued a notice to the Information and Broadcasting Ministry to set up a pre-screening committee for web shows. Mm-hmm. That means even web content will be up for, you know, censorship. Second, uh there's this journalist, he's a Saudi journalist who went missing and is feared dead. in turkey his name is jamal khushogi he uh, was last seen walking into the turkish embassy to get some paperwork to marry his fiance and they fear that he has been killed inside the embassy and his body has been dismembered mm. and it shall be flown out and thirdly there have been a bunch of raids on the premises and residence of quint and quintilin founder raghav behel he was a principal owner of network 18 and uh, re- most recently he set up the quint most recently he has invested in tech and news platforms like quint type and uh, the news minute so i just like to start with this international news it's, it's regarding a journalist the context being that basically there is this journalist who was considered very close to the royal family at one point but then is seen as a dissenter uh, his name is jamal khashoggi and he became a critic of the regime of crown prince mohammed bin salman who's seen as this reformer and he has a fiance there he was living in turkey because he feared for his life and to get some paperwork he entered the saudi embassy and there cctv footage of his entering at 148 in the afternoon. known a few days ago and since he hasn't been seen or heard from and the turkish officials say you know investigating agencies that the saudi government is not cooperating and you cannot walk into an embassy because that is sovereign you know yeah, it's, yeah. it's like it's invading a country yeah. so of course it's led to this standoff and america is being very wishy-washy about it but the stories that come out like this story in the cnn the way it's written it's like pulp fiction like they have confirmed from google maps that two aircrafts did come in because the officials have said two aircrafts came from saudi arabia with 
14 people on board, primarily with the job of killing this guy. And when this guy went into the embassy to get, he was killed in two hours, that's what they say, of course. And they said, and then he was dismembered and his body was taken out in parts. With you know, with a saw, they cut it up, and that's the end of him. I'm just you know blown away that stuff like this can happen in 2018, so high profile, but yet Saudi Arabia can get away with gets a seat of respectability in the League of Respectable Nations. What does that say about the importance of journalism in democracies, Manisha? Nothing at all. <laughs> Precisely, and then it is is—it is a respectable nation. I mean, it's, it never gets any censure for anything it does. And just, just imagine, like... And it hasn't... Has it made a lot of splash in the global... I have read some news and all that, but has it been sort of... No. I mean, just a few people have been talking about it. CNN carried a few reports, but no one is really asking, you know, America to weigh in on this. Yeah. Because as long as, you know, America has Saudi back, you know, they could get away with stuff. America's uh, ethics on human rights is extremely convenient. Mm. Mm-hmm. They've supported dictatorships and then brought them down themselves. They've charged into, say, Chile and what they did to Allende. Mm. You know, it's it's totally um, expedient. Their foreign policy and their morality is expedient. But, Ramansa, what I think is that going by what's happening in Brazil, this Balsavaro, whatever his name mm-hmm. is, him, you know, him, he's probably going to emerge victorious because in the first round he's got 46%. He said stuff like to another lawmaker that I would rape you but you don't deserve it to the UN you know lady who'd come she commented on her legs and on her figure who he did said, that? so his name is Bolsonaro and he won the first round he's like this far right guy Jair Bolsonaro uh, and now he's trying to say that I'm not as bad you know he's trying to backtrack on some of his earlier utterances about women and journalism and, and he was an uh, admirer of Pinochet so in fact I've, uh, I recommended an article about him a few haftas ago the world over such strong men who have such contempt for journalism for free speech are winning in every country I mean I don't know what's happening in the world there is a raid on at Raghav Behel's residence and I can you know I'd say I'd venture on saying that it's because of his utterances such vocal utterances about the Prime mm. Minister you know trashing his demonetization trashing his GST implementation and he does it pretty well and he I does mean, it very well and he has he, with the he's authority. one of the few like editor founder sort of people who are really like directly saying that okay this is foolish or one of his latest videos was about how foolish Modi's propaganda is or something like that so he's Me, quite in, vocal in all the governments not just the Modi I know it for a fact there is a something called uh, Department of Revenue Intelligence hmm. in Ministry of Finance hmm. okay so they keep it dozier hmm. like I know it for a fact that Congress also used to do it hmm. they had a dozier on Ram Ramdev hmm. I know it for, and I was trying very hard to get that dozier hmm. those days and I knew it I mean uh, there were many allegations against him so what gov- or what all these governments do they strike at the right time mm-hmm. when there was somebody someone, someone to teach a lesson so Congress was somewhat I won't say liberal but they will look at the situation they will not go they won't uh, be brazen it out ah, they, they won't they won't be that vocal you know but in case of Modi I mean I think the same thing is happening this the government has the dozier on everybody and uh, in this particular case also I think uh, well you know when I went to interview no, no, when I went to invite a minister to the media rumble I was sitting in his office and one of his officials brought in two three inch folders thick one was on Abhinandan Sekri. 
and one was on me. Mm. Are you serious? And I told you about it. Uh-huh. And I came back and he sat there and he flipped pages looking at all my kartutas and... Are individuals also? Yes, I yes. Mean, I thought IB. organizations, no, yeah, no, but no, they no. make files on individuals. Intelligence also. Bureau, if you this are... This is fi- not Intelligence Bureau. Ah. This is from their three, these things that they've set up. The media Social and analytics. Media monitoring. Hmm. And the print media monitoring and the television media monitoring. Oh, so, so they are monitoring And they categorize journalists on every piece that you do as positive, negative or neutral. No, this is, this is again, I mean, this is INB intelligence, which is nothing in front of IB and, uh, they use and, and revenue system. intelligence. Because IB, I know it for a fact, if you have been f- uh, writing, you know, the stories disturbing the government, I mean, any, any story which disturbs, controversial. So IB makes a dozier on individuals. Each individual journalist. Yes. But and then, 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 and that dozier is different. That dozier is going to have uh, your family history. Okay, who is doing what? What kind of uh, you know the financial activities but happening I mean, in the family? But in all fairness, it's not just on media professionals. I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but I have enough people who have worked at the government tell me that uh, the prime minister maintains it on his own ministers because. In politics, you don't know when yeah, you have when to squeeze who's nuts. I mean, you may have to, you know, squeeze your own deputy's nuts one day and you have the shit on it. So, I mean, the, the guy at top maintains it on even his own allies. So it's... You I remember mean, the true. time when a minister was boarding a flight in jeans and he got a message from him saying, put on a kurta pajama? I don't remember yeah. this. That is for a fact. I mean, the like, news. the fact is the IB used to report ministry or home ministry mm. always but now it reports to DOPT the department of personal, personal training, training, training mm. and that department comes under the PMO so in Ahmedabad there was this 14 month old girl who was allegedly raped and the person who raped her was allegedly a migrant so following that there was this panic that was created and some of the migrants said who were interviewed that the landlords asked them to leave some left because they feared that mobs would bash Mm. them up and some congress leaders are also seen egging crowds on to you know use this as a so my question to the panel is what can the media do about this because if you report it you're in trouble if you don't report you're in trouble for example if as a media you say that this is happening and crowds are leaving that adds fuel to the fire in the sense that politicians will use that and say hum kyun hai chalo gujarati pride nikalo in sabko manjula is a very nice cartoon with the unity uh, that statue what's it called the um, so that patel thing statue of unity and you know migrants running in front of it with you know gujarati mobs chasing them Mm. So if you cover it, Madhu, you may add to... If you don't cover it, then you are ignoring a very... It's a huge dilemma that, you know, journalists face every day. We discussed it in the media rumble and I asked Arun Puri that when Raghu Rai came out with those photographs of the exodus from Punjab when the Khalistani uh, uh, movement was really powerful and there was images like the partition, people on mm. in trucks and bullock carts and tempos all piled with their belongings. Ex- mm. And he didn't run that story because he felt that it would create more of a now, a hardcore journalist would say our job is not to gauge the mood or be political on how to control the crowd or whatever. We have the story, we put it out. So that debate will never stop. I think that is a personal call. I would not run it. Hmm. I would not run it, no. Because I think we do have a responsibility. I believe in that. That I think if your story, the end goal should be, a journalist's goal should be to expose something where you would expect good action to come out of it. But if you're going to expose a story which will create a negative reaction or a massacre or uh, you know whatever I think there's no harm in in waiting on that story no, but this story is taking a different turn 
Taking off from the hashtag Me Too Firestorm that has singed everybody in their path, and as Manisha Pandey said, "Sirf Trivedi bachega." <laughs> This after the allegation against Varun Grover, who is the writer of Sacred Games, which he has come clear on, and at least to me, it seems like a extremely non-credible allegation. And I don't belong to that school of thought that say believe anything and everyone that comes especially anonymous allegations however the one thing that this movement has done and i've read certain pieces around about that and even i am amazed at the widespread nature of institutionalized abuse and i don't mean institutionalized in an institution but in our society yeah. the kind of shit that has been going on for so long it blows your mind like when the alok uh, vinita nanda thing came out and that other director of queen Because um, well. Now the thing is, if this movement is giving voices to such, you know, women victims, I think hell more power, mm. phenomenal. Because nothing could, you know, you could imagine that you know stuff like this would be happening right under our noses. But on the other hand, I am just a little concerned that there is this school of thought, and I'm not saying it's the largest school of thought because I've spoken to many women. women who run feminist organizations inter- international ones who say we don't want to weigh in on this because we don't agree with that sliver which seems to be the loudest hmm. who say that we are going to burn everything in the path like we don't care whether it is an anonymous allegation we don't care who's on that side of the allegation once it's out there we're going to put it out hmm. that i think is problematic anyway i ladies i leave the floor to you let let me tell me what you think of the good the bad and the you know dodgy areas of this movement there's a lot to say on this the thing is that we have to remember that we are resonating what happened in america so there is a morphic resonance in india from that but the difference here is that when the new york times brought out the investigation they investigated for one year every allegation was verified by witnesses by people who were there or who had that person had spoken to and reported that this has happened to me when it was everything was verified and they held the story back for a year which means that anyone else might have broken the story they live with that fear they waited for a year to for it to come out with ronan farrow he researched it for 10 months waiting for corroborations and witnesses before he put it out we are 
in a situation where an anonymous tweet without research, without investigation, people have been asked to leave their jobs. So I think I do have a problem with that. I think there has to be an investigation before any action is taken against the man. Secondly, I think I worry about the fact of all the women who succumbed to these overtures who are obviously quiet because they, they might be shamed and be blamed. They are sh- they possibly living with the shame themselves, which is torture hmm. that they gave in. And that is really problematic. It's really sad that there were young women who th- thought they had to do it. And obviously, if you look at all... Now, the are you aware of any such names having been made public without their consent? No. But I think... Yes, I am. You are, I'm they have been names. In, in the the private group, yes, they have made. So they I'm made names public who succumbed without, without consent of those without ladies. Without consent of those ladies. Okay. That's not fair. The other thing is that I think it's people saying that Abhi kyun batario? That is a, a redundant yeah, argument. That I disagree with. It's completely redundant because look at Tanushri. She objected. She has footage. There's footage out there of her car being uh, smashed, window windshield being broken. Uh, she made a police report and there was an India Today reporter there who's corroborated everything. So there's evidence. And so she did everything that she's doing today 20 years ago. Also, what do you and feel no empowered? action was and taken. And you feel empowered in a certain environment. Yes. You know? I mean, so, so many of the for cases. people to say, why didn't you do it 20 years ago. Well, Dalits didn't do a lot of things that they're doing now. They didn't object to a lot of atrocities because there was fear that Mm -hmm. nothing will happen and they will be marginalized even further and action would be taken against them. And now there is an empowerment in all the uh, oppressed areas of our society. Mm -hmm. So to say that, why didn't you do that is not acceptable. Thirdly, I think that the government stand on it. The spin that they're giving is really problematic. Does the government have a stand on this? Yes. What because I wasn't Minakshi Lekhi was asked a question. Ah, she was really funny. At, a, at um, a print event. And basically, this is the spin the government is giving. Mm. See, we told you how dirty the media is. Is that what she's saying? Yes. That it's your media. You people are doing this. And this is your responsibility. So that's the one, number one spin. Second spin they're giving on MJ Akbar is all this happened before he joined BJP. So it is not our responsibility. It's the media's responsibility. Mm. And third, it is the free pro-women atmosphere created by the Modi government that has encouraged women to come out. <laughs> this is because is of Modi ji. Absolutely. <laughs> so nice. this is... This is and from the reaction that I'm seeing, even by the predators who are carrying on and tweeting about other issues, regardless of being accused, I think the policy seems to be like it'll blow over. We just have to ride it. Mm. And I think that is a problem. No. Manisha ji. Sorry, sir. I have, so I think there are two things happening here. One is women talking about sexual harassment at the workplace. And they have taken to Twitter because there have been, like in Sandhya Menon's case where she went two times of India, she was told it's okay. So many cases where editors said it's okay. They hushed it up basically. Yeah. And they realized that ICC internal complaints committee is just, just not going to help them. So you just take to Twitter and you make these allegations and that has got institutions to wake up and I think every organization today is scared about their ICC whether mm. they have one or not. I think no one even gave a shit. Yeah, well, so yeah. that is happening which is sexual harassment at the workplace and at the workplace being the operative word. The second aspect no, where which I... Which includes hotel rooms and cars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm. which at the workplace... Not uh, a by, by which I mean... But uh, as yeah, a your concept. Employee, yeah. yeah. 
So, and in fact, it's very interesting that, and I was speaking to a lawyer about that, sexual harassment at the workplace can also mean like something like a Mahesh Murthy, where he, he those women may not be employed by him, but he jeopardized their uh, chances of getting funding or moving ahead in their careers because he's a venture capitalist and women were meeting him for, you know, for, as startups to uh, gain funds. The second aspect to this is a lot of women coming out and saying these men are creeps. And this also, it's interesting because it's also kind of like a backlash against, you know, quote-unquote woke men. That they are so feminist, but they are so cheap in real life. They are so poor. Now, this is perhaps an important conversation to have. Maybe we need to discuss dating cultures. Maybe we need to discuss why do men behave the way they do behave on dates. Why do they think they can get away with touching you when you've said no? Or why don't they pick up verbal cues? Why don't they pick up physical cues? Or even relationship issues. Why, why, are, why are men abusive in relationships? But you cannot club this with sexual harassment. And that is hmm. the problem. All of you listening in, uh, the Chota Hafta, do subscribe so you can listen to the entire Hafta. We will see you again next week with the Hafta. Till then, subscribe, pay to keep news free because when the public pays, the public is served and advertisers pay. Advertisers served. Thank you. Goodbye. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.